Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. All right, another fantastic open from Mario Ruiz. Laker fans, appreciate you guys being a part of the show. We'll go till 8 o'clock tonight, talk some Lakers basketball. We actually have a game that we can react to. Lakers started the preseason basketball last night at Crypto.com Arena. Um, now they got uh, two games coming up here in Vegas. I'll be in Vegas for both of the games, so obviously uh, tomorrow night and then also a game coming up on uh, on Thursday night as well. Um, got a lot to get into. Uh, I, I definitely want to hit on some things that uh, we saw last night, uh, some positives, some negatives, some unanswered questions. I think that's very typical in a preseason game where your main players only play for the first half. Um, I thought there was an interesting quote from Darvin Ham in the uh, – this was actually came in the pregame show. Um, him talking about Russell Westbrook and uh, obviously all the rumors around Russ and how the Lakers deal with that internally. Uh, Trevor Lane, a Lakers nation, will join the show in about a half hour. So let's get right into it. Uh, Lakers played their first preseason game, um, kind of two different games within one game. So I'll tell you what I mean by that. In the first half, Lakers had a five-point lead. So I think it was 41-36. to 36. Defense was fantastic, stopping a lot of guys, forcing a lot of bad misses from the Sacramento Kings. You could see Anthony Davis running all over the place. Um, I thought Russ, Russ had some good moments on the defensive side. Uh, the starting lineup, which I'll get into in just a little bit here, I thought that was a little funky, a little interesting, and that's part of the, that's part of the concept and the idea from Darvin Ham is to try some different things. But overall in the first half, kind of walked away like, all right, hey, I like the effort. I like what the uh, the fellas are doing. Hey, look at Anthony Davis. He's got 11 points and 11 rebounds, played 16 minutes, shot four three-pointers, hit two of them. Um, and this is with Braun going 0 for a 7, 0 for 7 from the field. But I liked the energy. I liked that they were paying attention on defense. I thought there were a lot of t- a lot of uh, players individually that were hungry. There wasn't this kind of attitude that we just walk on the floor and everybody kisses our feet that, that I thought the way Lakers played last season. Um, you got a five-point lead, 41-36. And when I say it's two different games, the second half, the Lakers don't play their starters. I think Kendrick Nunn got some minutes, um, but they don't play their, their, their starters after that. At least the big three don't play. And for the Sacramento Kings, same thing. You didn't see Sabonis in the second half. You didn't see De'Aaron Fox in the second half. You saw them use uh, – man, they must have used 12 other players, maybe even more than that in the second half. And the Sacramento Kings outscored the Lakers by 35 points in the second half. Lakers end up losing the game by 30. I want to just caution all Laker fans. I, I, I pump the brakes for a quick second if you feel a certain way on how the Lakers lost the game. And if you feel a certain way, just got, got their you-know-what kicks uh, kicked at, in the second half, and it, it's a complete blowout. So I, I understand there's going to be some Laker fans out there that are going to say, oh, here we go again. The Lakers, they were 0-6 last preseason. Um, a lot of ESPN, nobody's really picking the Lakers to finish in that top five or anything like that in the Western Conference. Here we are for another miserable season. Relax. I think we'll, we'll. I think the Lakers will be fine. I think pay more attention to what the Lakers did in that first half. And in preseason, it is so freaking tough to take some tangible things away 
and to put yourself in a position where you start thinking about, okay, hey, that's the actual product. We don't have that answer. We really, really don't. And I think it's going to it's gonna be some time until we know what that answer is. And you got five more preseason games left. So I'm not going to put too much stock into late, let the Lakers losing by 30 last night. Um, but there are some things that I, I do want to walk away with. Um, right out the gate, I thought the starting five was interesting. Um, if you guys remember... You know, now that we're doing Lakers Talk Daily, so just a quick little plug on YouTube. You can go on YouTube, go to the ESPN LA uh, YouTube channel, and every single day, Monday through Friday, we're putting up some type of content. And last week, I spent some time on this, talking about the starting backcourt for the Lakers, and that I wanted to see, uh, I wanted to see Patrick Beverly, and I mentioned uh, Dennis Schroeder, um, uh, Dennis Schroeder. Uh, as my starting backcourt for the Lakers. And I had my reasons why. I, I actually really, really want to see Russ come off the bench and see how he reacts to it. I also want to, I, I, I'm a fan of Patrick Beverly, and I feel like uh, if he's on the floor with the starters and he brings kind of his defensive energy, I think that's, um, that's, a, that's a big advantage for the Lakers. Plus, I want punch off the bench. And I don't know, I'm going to use this as an example. Yesterday, I do think that you know what's going to become if that's your starting lineup. Some stuff stick out to me. There's not a lot of depth for the Lakers, so you're asking for a lot of guys that I don't think are going to have an offensive punch coming off the bench. Who am I talking about? Juan Toscano Anderson's not going to be known as a guy that's going to come off the bench and be an offensive player. Pat Bev is not going to be a guy. Hey, I'm going to go get you a bucket. Austin Reeves had a great season last year, uh, but that's not going to be really his role. And then you got some other guys. You know, Lonnie Walker didn't play yesterday. Um, Dennis uh, Schroeder did not play yesterday. Troy Brown Jr. did not play yesterday. So there's some guys that you feel like are going to be a part of the rotation that did not get many minutes yesterday. But the thing that concerns me, I think that will become, if that's your starting lineup, you start looking at the bench and you start asking yourself, how are the Lakers going to how are they going to go through stretches where there's somebody else getting buckets when LeBron or Anthony Davis are not in the game? How are they going to be in a position that when you're playing a team like the Phoenix Suns or the Minnesota Timberwolves or teams that just have depth, the Clippers are a great example, when they bring their bench in or they bring in their their role players, how the Lakers, if they have a four-point lead, how are they going to maintain that four-point lead? So that's one of the things that stuck out to me yesterday. It was kind of the first time where we got to see it. And again, there's some guys that I feel like are going to be have key roles on the Lakers that did not play in yesterday's game. So it's not the it's not a perfect example, but that kind of you know that 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 stuff um, that definitely stands out to me. And that's part of the reason why I like to see Russ and Kendrick Nunn coming in off the bench. And there's actually some scoring power right there, and there's two dudes that can push the ball up the floor, and Kendrick Nunn can go get a bucket. But that's uh, you know me really, really kind of trying to find something within that first game. Um, another thing that I-, I think stuck out to me was just the the Lakers have had issues with offensive rebounds, giving up offensive rebounds. They've given up a lot of that yesterday, and that backcourt is small. And that's not going to change. Um, Russ is not a big point guard. Uh, obviously, Kendrick Nunn is not. Patrick Beverly is not. Dennis uh, Schroeder is not. Uh, a lot of these guys, they're not really known for their size, rebounding the wings. There really isn't that. Um, there, there really isn't big size there. I know Braun is there. Juan Toscano at times is playing power forward. So I have some concern with the wings and the guards as far as grabbing rebounds. 
those are a couple things that I noticed right out the gate. On top of that, um, let, let me say that it was really nice to see Anthony Davis play some good basketball. I'm going to get into AD a little bit later as well. But AD felt comfortable. He looked comfortable. And for the first time, he didn't look like he was laboring something, which, which was fantastic. I thought Russ did a good job. Russ just being Russell Westbrook and uh, only took three shots. Um, you know, so much of last season we spent a lot of time. Oh, Russ with another turnover. Oh, Russ, what is he doing taking ill-advised shots? I didn't see that yesterday. I thought his effort on defense was fantastic. And, uh, and, and like I mentioned, only took three shots, played 15 minutes. It's going to be interesting to see how that dynamic works uh, throughout the season. Braun was the only one, and it's the least one I'm worried about, where if somebody goes 0 for 7, like let's put it this way. If Russ went 0 for 7, then we're having a different conversation than if Braun goes 0 for 7. So if anybody's going to go 0 for, let it be LeBron James. So those are just my initial, quick, early thoughts on the game from yesterday, and I don't want to spend too much time on it and harp on it too much. I think it's more important to try to figure out if the Lakers – will start creating some type of identity over these six games, one down, five to go. If by the time we get to the regular season and you got the Golden State Warriors and then, oh, by the way, the Los Angeles Clippers right after that, do you feel like, okay, this team can compete? Not a guarantee that they're going to win, not a guarantee that it's going to look perfect, but they can compete with some of these other teams in the Western Conference. That will obviously be um, the biggest question as we, uh, you know, obviously get closer to figuring things out and getting that uh, the rest of that preseason all locked up. Um, I-, I mentioned this. I'm going to go back to it. I thought there was an interesting quote from Darvin Ham yesterday pregame, talking about Russ, talking about really kind of going out of his way to talk about how you know last I checked, Russ is a part of this team. Um, I want to get into that because. The storyline is not going to go away. How the Lakers juggle it, how they continue to try to make Russ feel like he's a part of this squad, with really knowing that at any point the Lakers could trade Russ and the entire roster could look a lot different. So we're going to do that coming up next. Uh, appreciate you guys being a part of the show. One more quick reminder, Trevor Lane coming up in about 15 minutes of Lakers Nation. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, welcome back to Lakers Talk. Um, just a reminder, so tomorrow we'll have the tip-off at 7 o'clock from Vegas. Pre-game show will start at 5.30, and then uh, the following day, same thing. Lakers will play two games in a row in Las Vegas. They'll be halfway done with the preseason by then. Um, so, like I mentioned, there was a quote that I want to take from yesterday. It's actually in the pre-game show. 
Darvin Ham was asked a question about Russ, kind of dealing with the situation. His name is always brought up in trade rumors. Um, I'm going to read off this specific quote, and this is something that I think every Laker fan is going to be watching throughout the season. Uh, I, I, let me just be frank here. I don't know if Russ is going to be here for three months. Is he going to be here for three days? He's going to be here their entire season. It's uh, no secret that the Lakers have gone out of their way to shop Russell Westbrook. There was an article that came out a couple days ago in The Athletic. Jovan Buha came on the pregame show. We talked a little bit about it. Um, the Lakers were trying to tra- trade Russ all the way up until training camp started. And it's kind of the same conversation, the conversation about um, the Lakers looking at a potential co- potential trade with the Indiana Pacers, Buddy Heald, Miles Turner. It was going to cost the Lakers Russ and two first-rounders, the 2027 and 2029. And there was... I don't know if division is the right way to put it, but there's a number of different people within the Lakers front office that thought one way, hey, maybe we should do this, or no, 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 maybe let's just hold back. Look how critical those two picks are. We got to have those two picks, and if we're not, if we don't feel like we got a chance to win a championship based on doing a trade, giving up those two picks, then we shouldn't do it. Lakers obviously didn't do it, but what it really shows is this didn't start last year. It didn't start during the trade deadline last year. It didn't start um, uh, in the offseason after the exit meetings, and, and it didn't end at any point. As in, up to up until about a week ago, this was still a conversation. I'm still, I'm sure, it's still a, a conversation today. And when Darvin Ham was Darvin Ham was asked about this yesterday, I'm going to read off his quote. He says he's ours, and we love him, and we want him to do well. I have a plan for him. That plan included him when they gave me the job. So it's been a great camp for him. He's played well. Energy has been through the roof, and it's been great. Imagine this. Imagine you're Russell Westbrook. And I know sometimes we only want to think, look at things through our perspective. And I get that. Um, you know, before Russ was a Los Angeles Laker, everybody that's listening to this show, myself included, were Laker fans. So you want what's in the best interest of the Los Angeles Lakers. And if you don't feel Russ provides... Um, the the best opportunity to compete for an NBA championship, you want to move on from it. So we look at some of those trades that were out there all offseason, everything else. Imagine if you're Russ. Imagine if you're sitting in Russ's shoes. And every time Russ comes to work, I actually asked Michael Thompson this yesterday on the pregame show. I, I thought he had a really good good response to it. And it's the equivalent of imagine the place that you work at. And every single day you come to work there and they know that they don't, yeah, they don't want you there. They're actually trying to find a way to move you somewhere else. And you know what? Even if it hurts their business a little bit, like a 2027 pick and a 2029 first rounder, they might swallow all that and say, well, it's better than having him on this squad. Um, I know we're not supposed to take things personal and this is all a business. And that's what, you know, certainly that's what Palenka's job is and Jeannie's job is and everybody involved in that front office, that's what their job is. But that's what Russ has dealt with for you know the last year plus and on top of that it's not like Russ traded himself to the Los Angeles Lakers the Lakers traded for Russ was it a mistake of course it was I I do like the Darvin Ham approach to all this I don't know if Russ is going to be here long term or if he's going to be here for another 15 minutes but either way I think Darvin Ham has handled the situation the right way either way I think Darvin Ham has done everything he possibly can to try as best as he absolute can, at least in training camp and at least in public, to let fans know 
and let media know as long as he's on this team, he's obviously going to have a role. Now, uh, one, one thing that I, I hope for, and we've had this conversation before about Russ. I was just actually talking about this. One of the things I was concerned about in that first preseason game, I don't think the Lakers have much depth. And that is my reasoning to wanting to have Russ come off the bench, have a player that at a stage of his career, he's the guy's a future Hall of Famer, that he was able to run offenses. He was doing it in Oklahoma City. Um, I, that's that's why I kind of sit more and more this curiosity to see how Russ takes his new role. Now, some people could say, and it's fair to say, guy, Alan, guy is not going to change. He is who he is. The guy, Russ is not all of a sudden going to be a completely different person. I got faith in a weird way that he'll realize what's in the best interest of his career and the best interest for the future of his career that he d- does adjust and he does change. Um, and if yesterday was any indication, you can't really do do too much with that small, small sample size. Um, but if that was any indication, I thought, you know, he played a good game for the Lakers in the brief time that he was out there. He wasn't jacking up the ball every other possession. He wasn't a turnover machine and maybe for just a, a a quick second, there was a little bit of a glimmer of hope when it comes to that. Um, you know, one other guard that the Lakers have not had yet this season, uh, Dennis Schroeder. So he's been having visa issues, and he's trying to work his way back to the States. Hopefully that gets resolved soon. Um, it's funny. I was having a conversation, and you're trying to figure out that backcourt and who's going to get what minutes. So you have Russ, Pat Bev. Austin Reeves, you can say, is one of the guards. Uh, Kendrick Nunn, Dennis Schroeder. You got a lot of different players that are going to be competing for minutes, which I'm a fan of. The problem is, is not all those guys really jump out at you and say that guy's got is should be guaranteed minutes. I don't know how Austin Reeves is going to do after you know his breakout year last season and all of a sudden became a real contributor to the Lakers. Michael was actually talking about how he would prefer him in the starting lineup, that he plays good enough defense, he's just enough of a threat offensively, uh, he'll do the dirty work, that him and Pat Bev together would be the backcourt for the Lakers. Um, either way, Russ is going to have some challenges all season long. He's going to have to juggle people talking about him and every presser that he's in, it's probably going to get brought up and Darvin Ham is going to have to address it all the time. And I don't think that's going to be going anywhere uh, anytime soon. It's going to be up to him to obviously try to find a way to uh, to adjust with things. And we'll see if the starting lineup that the Lakers had yesterday, are they going to use that again in tomorrow's game? Will they try something a little bit different? I don't have the answer yet, but i got to figure at some point things will get figured out um, from that perspective. Um, Braun. So every time I, I you know, I, I think that we got to put this in perspective. We talk so much about Anthony Davis. A little bit later in the show, I want to get into AD and, and what, what some of the expectations are going to be for him this year. But the Braun piece of this, the Braun piece is kind of fascinating. And I, I guess sometimes until, and I did this on the Travis uh, and Sliwa show, T-Raj and I were talking about this, and you kind of kick back and you're all right, let's, let's really kind of put into perspective LeBron James right now at this stage of his career. He's doing things that obviously is incredible, amazing. How are you doing things like this at your age? All those things. He's going into his 20th year, and he's going to have a chance at some point this year to pass Kareem, and he'll be the all-time leader in sports uh, in in the NBA. And he's already, I mean, we'll see how he keeps the next one too. He's trying to pass Magic in all-time assists, which is the stupidest thing that he's going to accomplish. Both of those goals or at least get closer. So you got that that's happening on one spectrum of it. 
DeBron Peace averaged 30 points a game last year, which obviously that's that was not the game plan. You do not want Braun to average that many points. At the same time, as much as we've talked about Anthony Davis and potentially missing games and how many games he's going to play, I feel like the the Braun one just being quietly – nobody's really talking about that. Think about other players who were walking into their 20th season and what their what their expectations and what their goals were compared to Braun. Braun was ranked – ESPN did their rankings. Coming into this season, he's ranked number six in the entire NBA. Where was Cole by the time he was in his 20th season? Where was Vince Carter or Dirk or Tim Duncan? I'm just naming some guys that went 20 years or even more than 20 years. Um, he's still asked to do so much. And that's why, you know, you start looking at this roster and in some cases you feel good about it. Other times you question this, you question that, you question some of the, uh, like I said, some of the depth. The Braun thing we don't talk about enough. What he's going to be asked to do in his 20th season is literally unheard of. Like, it's it's unheard of. Nobody is being asked to do what LeBron is doing at this stage. And uh, something to keep an eye out. Uh, I know we do that a lot with Anthony Davis, but some certainly to keep an eye out for when we talk about Braun this upcoming year. He is, by the way, he's going to look to play more minutes in preseason and probably more games than he did last year is what he mentioned. Okay, Trevor Lane, Lakers Nation. He's coming up next. We'll continue this Laker conversation. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Stay right here. Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, welcome back to Lakers Talk. As promised, Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation taking some time to join us here. Trevor, uh, always appreciate the time, buddy. Um, Lakers lose preseason game number one, 105 to 75. They lose by 30. Is Darvin Ham's coaching career on the line? Okay, I'm just kidding there. I'm just, you know, I got some of those comments yesterday, <laughs> so I might as well just get out there. Um, give, give me some takeaways. What did you think of uh, last night's performance? Some good things, some negative things. What, what did you think overall? Yeah, I think overall, and, and yes, Darvin Ham should absolutely be on the hot seat after one preseason <laughs> game. But over, overall, I think we really have to look at this as two separate games. You had the first half when you saw kind of an idea of what Darvin Ham's actual rotation is going to look like. And then the second half was very clearly dedicated to some of the younger players, some of the guys who probably aren't going to get a lot of minutes during the regular season. And when you look at it through that context, you can feel pretty good about the guys that we saw getting the real minutes in the regular season, the ones that we project to get those minutes in the first half, playing pretty well together. It was, it was a preseason game, so it was pretty sloppy regardless, but we still saw 
the energy, the effort, the hustle, the attention to detail on the defensive end of the floor. I really liked that. I think there were a lot of positives to take away from that first half of the game. Again, not an excuse for the second half, the bench unit, the other guys. They should be able to at least hold their own and not lose by, what was it? I think they lost the second half by 35 or something like that because the Lakers were up at, at halftime. That shouldn't happen. But LeBron, AD, Russell Westbrook, I actually liked the synergy between the three of them. And that is the far more important thing coming out of this game than anything that happened in the second half. Yeah, it's interesting, Trev, because, you know, in a, in a preseason game, and especially for Laker fans and uh, the both of us as well, we are very curious to get the season started. Hey, is it going to look that much different than it did a year ago? How does Anthony Davis look? Darvin Ham's your new head coach. Is his philosophy, how's it going to fly with the rest of the players? But it's also very, very difficult to take much away from a preseason game and using the, like you just, the comparisons you made, first half versus the second half. Um, are there some things that you can see based off that game yesterday that do raise some concerns that there are, you know, you worry about as far as some of the issues earlier in the show, I was talking a little bit about the backcourt as far as the size goes. Um, we know this Lakers struggled last year with offensive rebounds. That wasn't too much different in yesterday's game. Are there some stuff that stick out to you that, that you think could be an issue once the season does start? Yeah, absolutely. And you, and you hit the nail on the head. It's the rebounding issue. And that's, you know, 15 offensive rebounds for the Kings on the night. That's that's way too many. Even on a night where both teams didn't shoot the ball particularly well, so there were more opportunities for rebounds, that's still a lot to give up. And it was very, very noticeable how many times the Kings were getting second, third chance scoring opportunities. This was a problem last year. And I think one of the continuing factors that we're seeing here is anytime one of the Lakers bigs, who aren't historically great rebounders by themselves, by the way, Damian Jones, Thomas Bryant, they're fine centers, but they're not typically just dominant rebounders. But what was happening is every time one of them had to go over and challenge a shot, hmm. and if Anthony Davis wasn't in the game, you were seeing the other Lakers were getting beat to the ball. And that is uh, can be a symptom of just being a little bit undersized at other positions. The Lakers don't have a lot of wing players that are that kind of 6'8 to 6'10 guy. So if LeBron is not on the floor, your rebounding really suffers. And we saw that play out uh, last night. And so the hope is that, they've, that they're going to work on some things, work on some of the box outs and things like that. But that wasn't a great sign coming out of that game that we saw a continuation of that problem from last season. Trevor Lane covers the Lakers for Lakers Nation, taking some time to join Lakers Talk. Um Trev, a lot of the conversation in the offseason was about Russell Westbrook. There was an article that came out in The Athletic just uh, a couple days ago, I think now, um, that the Lakers were all the way up until the start of training camp. We're still trying to figure out if they can make a deal. Uh, it would cost them a couple picks. Russ is still on the roster. Yesterday, plays 15 minutes, five points, three assists. Um, what, what, to me, if you had to describe, let's say Russ is on this roster all season, if you had to describe a really, really good role for Russ on the Lakers and a player that could still have an impact in a different type of role than he's had anywhere else. What are you, uh, what are you hoping to see out of Russ? You know, I, I think that to a degree we saw that in, in last night's game. We saw what you would ideally want to see. I saw Russell Westbrook locked in defensively. I went back and watched the first half. I saw him making an effort off ball to make sure that he was sticking with his man to paying attention where De'Aaron Fox was. There, was. there were a few little slip-ups here and there. 
but we saw him putting in the extra effort to go attack closeouts. We saw him even going and helping to contest from the weak side at the rim. And then on the offensive end, we saw him just being smart with the basketball. I believe he only had one turnover on the night, and he did a really nice job of just being aggressive, attacking, getting himself to the basket, and playing smart. And that's, that's really all you can ask from him. I thought he played very well within himself and looked probably about as comfortable as we've seen him in a Lakers jersey. So, so far, so good in my mind. Again, it's a tiny sample size. He's yeah. got a long way to go. But I liked what we saw out of Russ last night. Yeah, it's funny. We we do – it's a perfect way to put it. It's like we're looking for all these answers, and um, we wait so long for preseason basketball to start. And then you get through the first game, and you're like, yeah, that's – yeah. What, what, you can only take so much from a preseason game. Um, Trev, they got, they got five preseason games left. Uh, you and I – uh, obviously, we'll be in Vegas for tomorrow's game, uh, Thursday's game as well against the Minnesota Timberwolves. So they go Phoenix and Minnesota. Um, five total preseason games left. What do you think? What 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 is most important to you? What are you hoping to kind of find out from the Lakers by the time we get to the regular season starting? Well, I would like to see them continue to develop that chemistry, continue to develop that, uh, that cohesiveness because there were still some clunky moments, which which is to be expected. Uh, obviously stay healthy. That's going to be incredibly important. Stay healthy throughout the preseason, get to the regular season unscathed, figure out what the rotation is going to look like. That's going to be important for Darvin Ham as he's kind of testing the waters. You saw him very obviously playing with different lineups on the floor that he probably wouldn't try in a regular season game. We saw Thomas Bryant and Damian Jones on the floor together. This is very much the time for experimentation. So we're going to see Darvin Ham kind of settle into what his rotation is going to be. And that may require getting all the players back in action. We look at Dennis Schroeder and Troy Brown Jr. and Lonnie Walker. Um, but the, the big thing here is, can the Lakers sustain this level of energy on the defensive end of the field? That's what this team is going to have to be built around. And so that's what I really want to see above all else come together for the remainder of the preseason. And it wouldn't hurt to win a few games because, let's face it, Lakers fans are still a bit wounded from last season. And I think some wins would help out with that. I'm with you on that, by the way. I, 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 I probably make too big, too much of a deal about it, and I'm not telling you that if they go 5-0 and or 6-0 and or something like that in preseason uh, or 5-1, and then all of a sudden they're going to have a great regular season. But there is, I think there is something to um, having your team stack up a W or two in the process of doing what they do. Um, Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation taking some time to join us here on uh, Lakers Talk. Um, Trevor, I'm going to throw one more your way, and uh, and we'll let you uh, go about the rest of your night. Um, okay, so the the Anthony Davis piece last night, Anthony Davis ended up with 11 points, 11 rebounds in 16 minutes of play. Um, AD, we, we know how critical he's going to be to the Lakers all season. We know how important he's going to be. We could sit here all day long and talk about how this franchise is so dependent on him for the present and potentially the future. Um, his first action in a, in a little bit. What'd you think? Yeah, I like what we saw at Anthony Davis. I particularly like how comfortable he looks shooting the three. Shot two or four from deep. I think that's going to be really important that he rediscovers that shooting stroke. He had mentioned the wrist injury last season and how that uh, impacted his ability to follow through on his shot. And a lot of people kind of rolled their eyes and said, oh, that's just an excuse. Well, based on, again, a tiny sample size, he did look more comfortable shooting the ball last night. Now that he is, according to uh, to his own admission, he is healthy. His wrist is, is better. And so I'd like that we saw that out of him. That's going to be important for the Lakers facing on the floor. I thought he was pretty aggressive on the glass. And I like the way he combined with Damian Jones just being a presence 
at the rim. We saw a few times where one or the other would come flying in to affect the shot, and they were pretty active there. So that was another positive from Anthony Davis. Overall, I thought it was a pretty good performance from him for a guy who's, I think, poised for a big season as long as he can stay healthy. Trevor, great stuff, buddy. Uh, looking forward to seeing you tomorrow out at uh, T-Mobile Arena. Lakers taking on the Phoenix Suns. Thank you for uh, taking the time to hop on, bud. Thanks, as always, for having me, Alan. It sounds great. Can't wait to see you there. All right, that is uh, Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation. So a um, few things I want to do when we come back. Uh, first, just give our final thoughts on, um, uh, on, on really just the overall first performance from the Lakers and what to expect throughout the rest of the preseason schedule. So we'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, great stuff from uh, Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation. Always appreciate him joining the show. Um, okay, I got some final thoughts here. As uh, By the way, I'll be back on tomorrow in the morning with Travis Rogers, and then we'll do our pregame show. Pregame show starts at 5.30 tomorrow, so Lakers will be – they've got back-to-back games in uh, in Vegas, so it'll be uh, great to uh, call these games from T-Mobile Arena. A um, couple things here I'm going to hit on real quick, and I'm going to kind of stay focused, something that – uh, Trevor said there towards the end, talking about Anthony Davis and talking about AD and some of those expectations this upcoming year, how he looked yesterday. So last night, AD, 16 minutes of play, 11 and 11, had a couple assists, had a steal as well, uh, took four three-pointers, hit two of them. That's actually really nice to see. If you guys remember, um, I talked about it late last week. He had a quote. Uh, met with reporters after one of the practices talking about how nobody really knew that he had wrist issues. His wrist was bothering him all last season. And I just bring that up because he said that affected his jump shot. And there's a reason why his percentage was down and everything else. So I, I, me just, you know, sitting where I'm sitting, watching the game, every time he takes a three, I'm like, where's where's that touch? AD used to have this just beautiful touch from the perimeter and you didn't feel like it was fully there um, you didn't feel like it was fully there last season. And certainly, even the free throw line. Free throw line, I thought he struggled. Uh, yes, sir, only took two free throws. It was one to two. But those are the areas that you really pay attention to when you look at Anthony Davis. How's he moving up and down the floor? Does he look like he's confident? Does he feel like he's thinking about his past injuries? So that's what I'm going to keep an eye on as the season progresses. So AD yesterday, I mentioned how he did. Um I always think there's this I always I always kind of look at Anthony Davis as a player that I think has had some bad luck. Um he's had some bad luck number 1 simply because just use last year as an example. I mean AD 
who's been quoted, by the way, saying he doesn't consider himself injury prone. I'm going to read off quote. He said, I mean, a guy fell into my knee and landed on my foot. The good thing for me is that the doctors, after they looked at it, say it could have been 10 times worse if I haven't done what I've done this summer. Um, But the reality is, uh, you know, how many games has he played? He's played 76 games in the last two seasons. That you cannot deny. And did he have some freak accidents? You guys remember, so he's talking about the game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. A dude falls into his freaking knee. Um, He ends up missing a ton of games. And then the other one is right before the All-Star break, you guys remember Rudy Gobert, literally the game before the All-Star break, uh, AD comes down on Rudy Gobert, churns his ankle really, really bad. That game's at crypto. And there's just, uh, you know, a, a... just a weird feeling inside the weird vibe inside of the arena, inside of the stadium, and everybody feels a certain way. He's had a lot of things go against him these last couple of years. He has. And whether you want to call him injury prone, whether you want to say it's bad luck, regardless, 76 games over the course of two seasons is um, it, it's not only devastating to the franchise, it's devastating to Anthony Davis. And it's a recipe for failure. There's no other way to put it. Uh, that's If you want to figure out how the Lakers could um, lose in a first-round playoff series against the Phoenix Suns and then the following year not make the playoffs or the playing tournament, play 76 games in two seasons. And that's what's happened to Anthony Davis. And it's been an absolute direct result of AD getting injured. And that's not to say that the roster has been perfect. That's not to say that the Lakers haven't made, the front office hasn't made mistakes, and there hasn't been flaws. But this season, I mean, I could I could sit here, and I know I did it in the, uh, in the uh, uh, first part of the show. I could sit here and talk about, well, look at uh, how's Russ going to do this year? Are they going to make a trade for him? Um, does Kendrick Nunn and Dennis Schroeder and go down the list of some of the Patrick Beverly, the other backcourt players, how do they play? What's LeBron like in his 20th season? All that stuff is kind of gravy. Uh, the Bron piece, obviously we know how important Bron is, but maybe, just maybe that the bad luck that AD's had these last couple of years um, usually when you have some bad luck, you run through some stretches where there's some stuff that go your way. You run through some stretches where all of a sudden you do feel like, okay, you know what? We are in a good spot. Uh, Anthony Davis, if we can be by the all-star break and he's played 80, 85% of the games, and then by the end of the season played 80, 85% of the games, it could really, really be a completely different season and his health health is everything. And I thought yesterday was just a quick little glimpse. Hey, oh, there's Anthony Davis again. Um, it's really, really tough. I mentioned this to Trevor Lane. It is so, so tough to watch these preseason games and take a lot out of them. It is because it's, it's, um, you know, if I'm going to use a, uh, let's use a, let's, let's use a mob movie as an example. You guys ever watch Donnie Brasco? Remember when, uh, Johnny Depp tells Al Pacino, it's a Fugazi, the, the whole, <laughs> The whole preseason is a fugazi. You can't really, there's only so much that you can take from it. But to see a glimpse of Anthony Davis and see the 11 and 11 and to see him comfortable and to see him hitting some of his jumpers, it gives you a little bit of hope to say, well, what if AD did play 80% of the games? And and the reality is if he did, um, I think they find themselves in a much different predicament, obviously, than the last two years. Uh, I, I've said this from a goals perspective for the Lakers. I don't want to talk about NBA championships. I don't want to talk about competing for an NBA championship. And I know most Laker fans are going to say, well, well, you know, 
This is uh, this is L.A. and it's a Lakers. It's if it's not that, it's not good enough. Problem is, it's not a realistic conversation at the moment. So let's get to the regular season. Let's see if this team could start piecing together an identity, and then once we actually do get closer to the postseason, see where the chips lay. Patrick Beverly said something once he got uh, came to the Lakers and he had his presser. And he was talking about how the goal is get to the postseason, get to the playoffs. Once you get to the playoffs, it's all about matchups. And the specific matchups that the Lakers would have against any other team out there in the Western Conference, Pat Bev was saying, would be a matchup nightmare. But you got to play that 82-game grind. And if Anthony Davis is not there on a consistent basis, then there's really not that much to talk about. But good start for Anthony Davis on that front. Um, five preseason games. Let me just kind of give you how I'd like to walk away as far as preseason basketball goes, how I'd like to see the Lakers walk away from this thing and hopefully put themselves in a position where um, we feel comfortable by the time the regular season starts. Um, You're going to see some of these guys start playing more minutes. Braun has already said he wants to play more preseason than he did a year ago, and I don't know if that means just playing half a game or whatever the case is. Just pay as much attention as you can to when those players are in and how it looks like. There were moments I thought Russ looked clean yesterday. Um, I thought Kendrick Nunn was sloppy with the five turnovers, but it was good to see him out there, and you know he's going to be a threat to put the ball in the hoop. Um, Braun had an awful game. He was 0-7, for but it really didn't matter in that first half. Lakers still had a, uh, uh, you know, I think at one point a 10-point lead, had a 5-point lead at halftime. Pay attention to when they play. Listen to this, which, by the way, I'm, I, I love this part. Listen to the schedule that they have in these preseason games. Phoenix had the best record in the uh, in the uh, NBA last year. Uh, Minnesota um, made the playoffs, put up a good fight against the Memphis Grizzlies, and then traded for Gobert to try to solidify their defense. Uh, Warriors, I don't need to tell you about them. They won a, another NBA championship. They've won four of the last eight NBA championships. Minnesota again, and then they close it off against Sacramento. You're going to get to see some real talent, some real talent in the Western Conference through this uh, preseason. And, you know, hopefully for the Lakers, every single game starts looking a little bit better. Every single game you're able to identify something and say to yourself, okay, there's a little bit of hope there. Um, And then, you know, the same way, too, is you're going to also find out where their weaknesses are, what they don't do well, and everything else that comes along with that. So there's going to be a number of different things that the Lakers are going to have to work on. Of course, um, there's a lot of work for this team to do. I wouldn't pay too close attention to that 30-point shellacking yesterday and outscored by 35 in the second half. Pay more attention to when the stars are in, when their real-time players are. That's not to say that there isn't some concern about depth and everything else because, to be honest with you, I do have some concern when it comes to their depth. But, uh, But that should be a good gauge the rest of the way, and we'll get a chance starting tomorrow to see Game 2 for the Lakers in preseason. I also want to throw this out there as well. So for those who are thirsty for as much Lakers content as possible, we started doing this Lakers talk daily, and it lives on YouTube. Um, But you can also find it on our ESPN LA app, Lakers talk daily. Every day I'm finding a topic that I think listeners and and Laker fans want to talk about, and we're going to continue to put up 
as much content um, on the Lakers as possible. So keep that one in mind. Uh, if you want to follow the Lakers Talk channel, remember, just go to ESPN LA. I got my tab there. Lakers Talk is there. Lakers Talk Daily is there. And we will have you covered all Lakers season. Laker fans, always appreciate you guys listening to Lakers Talk. Always a pleasure talking Lakers basketball on 710 ESPN. Thank you to Michael Funches, Laura Romo, and Mario Ruiz. Uh, LA, have a great rest of your night. We'll see you tomorrow.